Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together we can start a movement in fixed diet culture and we will. Let's begin with now. The following episode is a very special mini-sode that may sound a bit different than our usual episodes, perhaps a bit more rough around the edges. They give you a rare look behind the scenes or take a deep dive on a special topic. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. We will be back in July with our typical programming. Until then, hit subscribe and say fuck off to diets. When I opened up the door to my boss's office, I was expecting her to be angry, but I was not expecting to cry. It wasn't one of those misty eye cries either. Rather, it was a whole box of tissues, snotty sob. It was a very tough moment. That was a long time coming. I didn't realize how much would change for me after that cleansing boohoo. This is the story about quitting my job. Picture it. It was Greensboro, North Carolina, back in 2004. We barely recovered from Y2K and were knee deep in the war on higher weight bodies. There was a very famous color changing PowerPoint presentation that showed how out of control we were with food. And I just so happened had just finished my grad degree in mental health counseling. I had been a dietitian for three years prior to this And then, of course, I went back to school full-time. I was 29 years old, and I thought I had the knowledge necessary to help people change their eating behavior because of my slick, new, shiny counseling tools. I was so excited. And I was hired 
to do mostly diabetes care. Not sure if you know, but I was a diabetes educator for the first five years of my career as a dietitian. They're not called diabetes educators anymore. They're called certified diabetes care and education specialists or something like that. So at this new job, I was hired to help kids and adults with new onset diabetes diagnosis. And I also got to run support groups, which I was really, really excited about to help folks with diabetes grieve their new chronic illness. I loved this job. When I was hired, they they told me they needed me to do some other things just to make sure I had enough full-time hours. So I needed to cover three other things that didn't quite fit in the same way and were new to me. The first one was bariatric surgery prep consults. So I was that dietitian someone would see to get an assessment to see if they were appropriate, in quotes, for surgery. I would teach a prep diet. And the other um, thing I was needing to cover was I needed to teach a class once a month from an unnamed liquid diet company. Everyone that worked there, every dietitian and every clinician actually that worked there had to do this because it literally paid to keep our doors open and our salary. And then lastly, my third duty that didn't quite fit, but I was so enthusiastic to do was see clients who came in for eating disorders. I was a, a Baroque grad student, so I welcomed it all, but here's the secret. I didn't think I would ever work with clients with eating disorders. I had this like instinct that it wasn't going to be a good fit for me. But (laughs) if you've listened to this podcast for a while, or if you ever sat on my green couch, you know the joke was on me because after just a few individual client sessions, I knew that that instinct was wrong. This is where I needed to be. This is where, why I was on earth helping people sort through their complicated relationship with food felt like the most nourishing job in the world. But not too long after seeing folks with eating disorders, I noticed that their toughest toughest experiences with food and their body were strikingly similar to all of my clients that I was seeing at those bariatric surgery prep appointments and those participants and those diet company classes, the diet company that I will not name, there were so many things that people had in common. Everyone felt so ashamed of their eating and felt out of control with food. But while their experiences were the same, I noticed two strikingly different clinician reactions. For folks with eating disorders and thin bodies, I encourage an all foods fit kind of philosophy. Let's help you learn how to love your body, accept your body, and diets are absolutely not the answer. Forever and ever, amen. Then for folks who are coming for bariatric surgery prep or the unnamed diet classes, or honestly really anyone in a higher weight body who is struggling with the same thing, we, and I told them to try harder. And you know, it, it took about three or four months in this job for it to seep into every fold in my brain, every cell in my body, 
And as I connected with this, holding it all together was so painful and so heavy, but very fucking important. And I held it all together for the last time on one Wednesday night. It was my turn to teach that fucking class for the unnamed diet company. And the topic was body image. Of course, they gave topics like body image and food behavior to me since I was the one that was trained as a counselor. And this diet company, you know, they gave us outlines to follow, like a literal script, word for word, and slides that we just showed on a screen. And you barely had to do anything. You could easily phone it in. But as I was looking at the script and feeling the vibrations from this new knowing and holding that heaviness, I could not do it. These classes were 30 minutes long. Clients paid for them to be 30 minutes long. And my class was three minutes long. I couldn't do it. I couldn't teach it. I dismissed them early. And of course, uh, people complained because class was so short. So it was no surprise when my boss called me into her office. I think we said we were, I was called to the carpet. I don't know if that's even something that people say anymore, but that's what we said back when I worked in the hospitals. Um, I was called into her office and she let me know that there were complaints and she's like, what, what, what's up? That's when the, the sob happened and I let her know what I had come to appreciate and I couldn't hold on to both of these things. Treating people differently based on their body size no longer was an option. I was barely starting to verbalize this appreciation for what my weight bias was, how I was experiencing my own anti-fat bias, and also how I was starting to peel back the layers of diet history, what I was told about food, what I was taught about food, how I was trained as a dietitian, how I was starting to really see how wrong it was. And as I'm sobbing, again, it was a snotty mess. It was one of those ones where I couldn't catch my breath. And my boss was very kind, but also she said, you know, hey, as dietitians, we have to wear many different hats. Some of the hats we like and some we don't. But in order to have the job, we need to wear all the hats. I knew what she meant. I left her office, closed the door, sobbed some more. And I don't think I cried about it again. About two weeks later, somehow the universe provides, but I found out that there was an office in town that needed someone to sublet, and it was very affordable. And the next day, the other dietitian in town who worked with people with eating disorders called me and said, hey, Julie, what's your fax number? I'm moving to the coast, so I'm going to send you all my clients. And I was like, well, which fax number am I going to give you? This fax number 
where I have to wear all these hats or the fax number where I don't have to wear any fucking hat I don't want to. So I was not ready. I didn't expect to start a private practice for at least five more years, but um, I started to be an entrepreneur at that point. That is when I made the jump. And I started to sleep better that night um, than I had in six months. That's how long I worked at that place, six months. And I feel so grateful that the timing happened. You know, someone sent me clients. I was able to find a place to sublet. And I also, at that point, was getting married and able to join my partner's insurance plan. So there was privilege, there was timing, there was luck, and there was a big fire under my ass that I was like, all right, this is the time. Honestly, this is where so much of my life changed. And now that it's been almost 20 years, I can't even describe to you how grateful I am to have had this experience. I do have regrets for the harm I caused, especially before this sob, but also the harms that I've caused since then because, I mean, it still happens. I still make mistakes and I still have lots of privilege that gets in this way of actually helping. But I appreciate all of that struggle because it did redirect me. And again, I selfishly know it's helped my own relationship with my with food and body image. It helps me to, to raise children differently. And I hope it's helped you to have a relationship with food that feels more at ease and also helps you to also reject the seductive fantasy bullshit that we get from dieting. We know it's seductive and it promises so much. And, you know, again, I'm just so grateful that you are here listening and in my life and that big sob that went through a whole box of tissues, it took that to make it happen. So again, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. If you did, could you leave us a review or share this episode on your social media? Doing so helps more people find us, and we want everyone to find their food voice. Bye for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.